0: You know you probably either are stuck in something or you see a friend going through the suck. They've been going through the suck for a while, either in their relationships, maybe something that they're struggling with and you see it. You don't have to say it directly to them. Maybe you could actually say, hey, this is what I see for you and then have them make that decision.
1: Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm going to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy, and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. What I want to know. Now that it's the new year, right? We're a full month into the new year. Are you ready to take a leap? And here's why I'm asking you. There comes a time, a certain intersection in life, when you must reevaluate and ask yourself the following. What do I need to change? What do I need more support with? What is not working? How did I contribute to this? How can I be better? In your self-reflection, when you were just about to change something in your life, what has been the reason? Maybe it was because you were finally over the fact that it's not working anymore, whether it's your job, a relationship, health, or an obligation. Now, I can't tell you how many times that I've been in that place in my journey where I gut-checked my situation and realized it wasn't for me anymore. It was time for me to get brave, to get courageous, and embrace the fear, because fear is always a part of the journey, and I know when fear shows up, it's because what I'm moving towards means a lot to me, and then I just take that leap into the next version of myself. Now, if what I'm sharing is resonating with you in any way right now, to help you get started in this process, I'm excited to bring on one of my dearest friends Dr. Nita Bhushan, to share with you how to be brave and embrace the sucky moments so that you can take that next step forward with more confidence and the right mindset. Now, I don't know about you, but I am all for it right now. I personally feel a shift inside of myself after experiencing some pretty sucky moments in 2022. I mean, who didn't experience some pretty sucky moments in 2022? And I'm ready to explore that next level in my life in 2023, right? I'm ready to turn a corner. I'm ready to see the other side of some of these sucking moments and, you know, to come out just a different person with a different mindset. So before we jump into this beautiful conversation, a conversation that I feel so many of us need right now, I want to just sing this Queen's Praises. Dr. Bushan Bhushan is a former cosmetic dentist turned best-selling author, international educator, emotional health advocate, and serial entrepreneur. I mean, she is, she's doing the most and she is killing it. She is the host of The Brave Table, founder of the Global Grit Institute, co-founder of the Dharma Coaching Institute, and three-time author of the best-selling books, Emotional Grit, Transform Your Thoughts and Change the World, The Book of Coaching, and The, book, the Business Book of Coaching. She is now coming out with a brand new book with Hay House. It's called That Sucked, Now What? How to Embrace the Joy in Chaos and Find Magic in the Mess. And it is due out literally next Tuesday. So let's welcome Dr. Nita to the show. Welcome back again to the Essentially You podcast. Nita, honey, how are you doing today, girl? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to drop in with you today we are going to be talking about something, oh gosh, it's happened to us all more than once, right? Those sucky moments that we get through, that we absolutely get through. I know it can feel so sucky in the moment, but then you look at on the other side of it and you overcame that moment. And I know at times there's so many of us that are literally in it right now. We're in that sucky moment in our life. And we're trying to think about, how do we even crawl out of this on the other side, an even better person, even better circumstances? Anita, you are my go-to expert on navigating the muck, navigating those hard moments and really rising to occasion so that we do come on the other side. So I would love for you to start it because I know you've had your own experiences too. Kind of what was one of your that sucked moments? And where is there a pinnacle <laughs> that sucked moment for you? <laughs>
0: Oh gosh. Yes. I would say there's been many that suck now what moments. You know, I feel like my life as you, we've been through the suck. And it's interesting because now in motherhood, there's like tiny little suck moments that happen throughout our days. And then there's the now what, right? And I use that suck now what as literally my anchor, my mantra. But way back when, I didn't even know what an anchor was. I didn't even know what a mantra was. And every year around this time this time of year i go back into reclaiming myself because 11 years ago is when i would have my suckiest moment i'd have to face a very big decision and you know now i have a whole framework around it but back then it was all right am i going to stay in this relationship my first marriage or am i going to leave And I found myself on December 31st. I was looking at the mirror and, you know, it's like getting ready for the new year. Everyone, like, there's fireworks outside. And for me, I was afraid. I thought I was going to be judged. I thought people would find out that I was a fraud because I had built this really big, amazing dental practice. And I thought I had really climbed up the ladder and got through with all of my trauma. But I didn't realize that I was, I had shoved all of that trauma in the back closet and for years and years and decades that I did not want anybody to know what else I was hiding in that door. But the biggest thing that was like literally bursting at the seams of this closet was the fact that I was in this tumultuous and unhealthy marriage. And so it was that night I packed my bags and never looked back. I left. I said yes to me. And this was the road of now what? Of new beginnings, of really now looking into what else I had hid inside the closet. Because I don't know about you, but like when I was growing up, I was told big girls don't cry. I was told, suck it up. I was told, all right, you're tough. You're a tough girl. So for decades, I thought that, all right, yeah, when there's a tough moment, like, You just keep going and keep going until I literally couldn't go anymore. Like I was exhausted mentally, emotionally, spiritually dead. And what I was really hiding was decade before that I had lost my mom. And we've talked about this before on your podcast, but my mom, my brother, and my dad. And so to really come full circle in this whole journey of a lot of sucky moments and also Not having the tools to say, now what? My coping mechanism was all right, overachievement. Let's bury it. Let's shove it under a rug. Let's keep going. Let's get more accolades and more accolades and more accolades. But that night, December 31st, I couldn't keep going anymore. Like they say, glass is, you know, you're tough as glass. Well, guess what? When you let the glass go, you drop it, it's going to shatter in a million pieces. And that's what happened with me, the glass shattered. And really we should have been talking about was when you actually take a, a ball, the ball that we give to our little ones, when we go to one of those play in, in gymnasiums is a bouncy ball. You give them a bouncy ball so that when you let that go, that ball has some give, that ball has softness, that ball has a little bit of that agility to flex, to flow, and to ease in to whatever is ready to pounce. And for me, it was realizing in this next chapter of, okay, I'm giving a different name to resilience. I'm allowing myself to feel all of those feels and really embrace the suck that I was in To then rise and then later thrive, which is one of the frameworks that I talk about to fly
1: forward. Let's talk about flying forward, especially in this new year. We're still within the first month of the year. And a lot of us are coming on the other side. I can't even imagine, you know, you think of New Year's Eve being such a magical time where you're celebrating with family and friends. We also know that often the next day or maybe that next week that we're stepping, maybe we're stepping into something new or something, something we've made a commitment or we've set a goal, or we set an intention, whatever that may be. But here you are—you are on New Year's Eve, right? When everyone else is potentially partying or celebrating, watching the fireworks, you decide to take this big, brave, scary step and walk out into the unknown, right? Leave a marriage that is not serving you anymore, despite what people are saying. Eventually, leave a profession that isn't—that you don't feel is serving you, or isn't isn't a part of your calling anymore. And so, kind of what? I know that you have a framework and we're going to be talking about that, but what did what did that feel like that next day? Oh,
0: it was all the feels. Honestly, it was like, I was so terrified, but I was like, oh my gosh, I actually let people in. I actually shared the truth, not the truth of people seeing me, oh, with this dental practice and living this supposed high life with this beautiful house and all these things no, like I actually let people see me and experience me. And just for years, I thought I was broken because of all of the loss that I had gone through. So I worked so hard to put this perfectionist self of myself into the world. And there was no other way out than just take me as I am. And if you don't take me, it's okay because I accept myself. It was like this full acceptance of I'm grieving right now and this is it. But that in and of itself felt like liberation. So I felt the freedom on the one hand of like, ah, okay, this is like what it tastes like. This is what it feels like to just own your truth, speak your truth. Because the people that I was so afraid of telling the truth, like my friends, like my family members, like my aunt who's been my champion and people in my family, I thought, Like I come from Indian, Filipino background, so they don't really believe in divorce. And so I was so afraid of sharing that. Like, oh, again, another failed moment of like, oh, this failed marriage. What else is going to happen, right? And so I had the biggest support from my closest members of my family, my aunts that I looked up to. I mean, mind you, there were some that still don't talk to me to this day, but they were never my people to begin with. And for me, becoming unapologetic in not needing the approval of others, because the ones that were truly in my inner circle, they were like, I got you. And you got this. And that was like, we don't need so many people. Maybe it's just that one or two. And maybe in that friend circle, you know, I call it the your soul support posse. Maybe that is that angel, like my one girlfriend who days before. I reclaimed and I said, this is not working. I got to pack up and go. She had asked me and planted that seed like, Nita, you're not even 30. You have your whole life ahead of you. She never actually said, don't go. But she painted a picture of the future of who I was, of who I could be. And she's like, you don't have to be like somebody else. Like she believed in me so much that she didn't even have to question if I was in this toxic relationship because she already knew and she just wanted the best for me. But you know, we have some friends who would actually say, oh, I don't like that guy. Oh, you should leave. She never once said that. Like she just painted a future picture. And so for listeners listening here who you know you probably either are stuck in something or you see a friend going through the suck They've been going through this suck for a while, either in their relationships or maybe something that they're struggling with and you see it. Maybe you don't have to actually say it directly to them. Maybe you could actually say, hey, this is what I see for you and then have them make that decision because that many times will land. Because I know that there were months before where friends totally said they hated who I was with. And they stopped talking to me. And we have our egos, right? And I lived a lot in my ego in my late 20s, of course. And so, but that was the break. That was like, that was the crack that the shatter that really needed to happen. And so, as you're asking, and we are going to feel the feels, we are going to feel the chaos, we are going to feel the magic. Like, my subtitle is How to Embrace the Joy in Chaos and Find Magic in the Mess. And that was Finding My Magic, was owning my liberation.
1: I just love that so much. I just understanding, owning your liberation, owning your vulnerability, finding your people, really sitting in the emotion, sitting in the what is next, endless possibilities. Let's be honest. And, and just being open for what the world has got to offer you. Yeah. 30 years old. So young. Right. And then we look at the now what, right? We look at the now what, and can you tell us a little bit about just paint the now what picture today, 11 years later.
0: <laughs> so yeah, the now what picture, it was probably like seven years later. So I'll, I'll paint the story. So three years later, I was I was celibate for a while. I needed to focus on my own healing and I was definitely not ready for relationship. There was this sense, right? And I'll take the the framework with whenever we have a fall, a really big break, something that didn't go our way an unexpected failure a medical diagnosis i mean all of these things we had a complicated pregnancy or we lost the baby or something we didn't want to have happen happen that is a fall right we can actually kind of start to integrate and do the healing or we can go back into our old patterns and for me i knew that in this season and stage of my life there was this ignition so step 2 or stage 2 is that ignition it is causing you to make a different decision. Was I going to stay in that relationship on December 31st or actually leave? Was another year going to go by again without me doing something and yet being scared to be in this relationship and even being scared for my life, really? Or was I going to step out and stage three is rise, rise and rebuild yourself, rise and And be cautious, yet curious. Be skeptical, yet open into those new possibilities. And then we get into the magnify. And that magnify was me in the early years of, okay, should I date? Should I be celibate? Like figuring out all about this new Nita that I had never even known. I didn't even know what my my favorite color was. Everything I did in the world was to make other people happy because I grew up in hospital settings. To appease my mom, who was sick and dying in the hospital. And then my dad, when we lost my brother unexpectedly to an asthma attack. So those were my formative years. All I knew was that martyr syndrome, you know, that martyr archetype of like, all right, I'm good. You all just do you, like hardcore number one people pleaser right over here. So that magnify stage for me looked like that's gonna feel supportive for me in this new era because I didn't know what I wanted sexually. I didn't even know what my type was because my coping mechanisms were codependency, attachment, attachment, meaning like I would hold on to relationships until they fizzled out or it would overlap. And so really owning my worth, that's the stage four, the magnify stage. So I met several people, but then my one partner, I met several times in different parts of the world we first met in dominican republic then we met again in kuala lumpur then we met again in india and and this was over the course of several years and want to say six years later six years later to a t that's when we we had nine ceremonies in different parts of the world nine yes and counting (laughs) and they were unconventional and we have two beautiful babies. And he works similarly in my field as well. And so it's been the greatest adventure to co-create and and start a family with him. And and he's been the biggest advocate. So I don't know if I could have said that way back when, December 31st, if I was ever going to find love again, if I was ever going to repair from the heartbreak and the awe-wrenching pain and just suck that I was in, but allowing for it to unfold and allowing even yourself to grieve. Because I know that so many of us during these moments, we don't allow ourselves to grieve. And then so finally, so we have step one or stage one is that fall. We have that fall. Stage two is, It's the ignition. We've got to make a decision. Stage three is when we're rising out of it, right? We're starting to heal. We're saying yes to that painful journey of healing, but we know we need it. Stage four is that magnifying, right? Because we're seeing the possibilities around us. We're putting ourselves out there and we're defining what our new selves are in this chapter. And then finally, stage five is we're thriving. And that for me meant okay, I'm going to say yes to love again. But here's where it's different. I know that we're going to have repairs because we come from very different backgrounds. He was born and raised in India. I was born and raised here. And we were both married before. So we knew the suck and the pain of divorce. And we were going to do things differently. And that took hard conversations. That took leaning into more suck and more suck to define okay, what does thriving actually look in this stage so that we both can honor ourselves and honor the relationship that we're building?
1: I love that. I love that you walked us through and I love that you walked us through the methodology of how we get onto the other side. How do we fly forward past the sucky moments? And I have a question. (laughs) I'm a little bit embarrassed to ask it, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. (laughs) Please. So you're in the sucky moment. And, you know, whether it's a relationship or it's a job that you hate, or it is, yeah, you get some really unexpected bad news in the fall. And with this methodology, so question is, is that even when we have a methodology and we we have a way to really process this and process this in a way that's going to serve us versus just chaotically, and obviously we get to embrace the chaoticness and the mess of it too. But there's something to be said of just kind of knowing that there is going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, it's not like I'm just floundering through this. I have clarity. So when you've got the kind of clarity and the methodology to all of a sudden, like, okay, I have a plan. Like, I know I'm going to be okay. Do we get to move through it faster? Oh,
0: oh, that's a good question. <laughs> You're like, I have a plan. Listen, so here... <laughs> <laughs> that the is queen, so me. <laughs> the queen of hacks, she's like, can we just like move move past the Can pain. we just have to get through this? Can we just cut it? <laughs> cut through it. So here's the thing. Everyone heals differently, right? As everyone grieves differently. And I thought after my losses, I thought I had grieved enough. I thought I had done the work as everyone says. And I thought I had my methodology. Yet we know that with grief, with pain, with trauma, There's something that can get triggered again. And there's something that can get triggered again. And we know, especially around holiday time, or there are certain times in the year where you go back and you see your family and oh, some of those open wounds, they were scabs and they're opened again. And then you're like, oh crap, I'm going back into my old spiraling patterns. Now, okay, I know where this is going. I know that that person is saying that thing again. Oh, my friend is irritating me again, or that one thing is bothering me again, or the way that that person said it or said something is triggering me again. But now I know better because of something that I call another uh, concept in my book to how you all can build audacious resilience. It's called your bounce factor. And I use that metaphor of the bouncy ball that we use with our kids. And even if you're into basketball, I mean, just t- take any basketball. Right? It has that give, it has that agility. So, your bounce factor, or how bouncy can you be after setbacks and challenges? We all know we're going to have them, right? But this is comprised into four parts. So, if you know, so here's the four parts. The first part is your upbringing. So, can you make peace? We can't change, obviously, our upbringing. We can't change the shit we went through when we were younger. We can make peace with it. And we can see, oh, The fact that my parents didn't eat dinner together, the fact that I was neglected, the fact that my brothers were treated differently than me because I was a girl and I had to clean up after everybody while they could do whatever, they could go play in the dirt, but I had specific duties as an Asian girl in this Asian household. That definitely had this people-pleasing mentality for me, right? And so what in your upbringing definitely has contributed to maybe some of the patterns that you have, right? Maybe you had helicopter parents, so it's hard for you to take risks even now, later in life, right? Or it was harder for you to know for a really long time. Or maybe you had to grow up really early because you had to build that street cred because you didn't have that support. So either way, right? That's your upbringing and your bounce factor. How can you bounce? The second part of that is your current environment. How often are you exposing yourself to this idea of good stress and good stress so you ask can we cut through the pain well i mean how often are we exposing ourselves to good stress like leaning into difficult conversations that's such a big one emotionally in relationship because if we know it's kind of like asking somebody okay how good are you with rejection inviting people i just had a conversation with somebody the other day She's like, I really want to host you know, things at my house. I want to bring everybody together, but honestly, I'll be honest, I am so afraid, like, what if nobody shows up? Mm. And this woman from the outside, you know, you think she's got it going on. She loves like hosting people, but she doesn't do it. She'll only do it if, like one person at a time she'll never do it where it's like a big party or anything like that. So the reason why I bring this up is Like, how often are we leaning into some of those discomforting things that keep us in that discomfort? Nobody likes rejection, but if we're doing it enough, you know, you're going to be making peace with that. Right. And the same thing goes for so we have the second part is your good stress, the third part is your emotional capacity. How are you actually feeling your feels? So I'll tell you this really quick story when that first year. After the tumultuous divorce, and things were super uncertain. I didn't know where I was living for the first literally month, I was on other people's couches. I had everything in my big, fancy car, and I would go into my dental practice. and And literally, I had to tell everyone like my situation, what I was going through because things got really rough before things got settled, as we all know that. And so, I actually, I said yes to all the therapists, all the coaches, all the emotional release work, everything. I said yes to everything. I'm like, give it to me, everything. And so the best advice that I got during that time was they're like, you have to schedule, schedule that 15 minutes to grieve in the morning before you would walk into your dental office, cry it all out, scream, rage. And it's a lot of these practices that I've actually shared in the book because I've shared on stages now, I've shared it in retreats, I've shared it even on my podcast, but we don't allow ourselves those emotions because guess what? Going back to when I was little, those emotions were not tolerated in my house. My dad would always say, I'll give you something to cry about. Like things were so chaotic in my house. like He probably couldn't hold my pain of a rebellious teenager that didn't want all these responsibilities, but I needed to still button it up. And so this time period, a year, For me to heal and grieve this divorce, what I was told by my therapists and coaches, they were like, schedule that time, allow yourself, cry, allow, scream, get rageful, throw things on the floor, like and to allow yourself. And then also even in the evenings. So twice a day I did that 15-minute practice. It literally has become one of my emotional release practice. Now we use different and fun songs to alleviate that momentum. And to make it more fun, because sometimes when we're actually playing a song, you know, you don't really want to throw pillows on the floor because we're afraid of being judged, especially in front of other people. But I guarantee you how great you feel after you allow yourself to express fully. And the one question I would ask is some people are okay with expressing anger or rage. And if you're not, then you're passive aggressive and then you get resentment, and then you hold on to that resentment with your girlfriends right, or whoever is with you, or you are okay with expressing sadness, and you're constantly going into a breakdown and a meltdown because you're too afraid to express rage and anger. So these are the two emotions that I think We probably all, to some degree, were told that it wasn't okay to express, and then when we get older, it's harder to. And it doesn't help that we get memes out there if you see somebody getting angry, they're like, oh, there's that crazy woman like screaming at everybody. But I want to actually say there is a place and there is a time for all of those feelings to coexist and to allow yourself to do that, even if you're closing the bathroom door Or, you know, your closet to fully allow those feelings and not judge yourself and not judge those feelings for even
1: existing. Because they're all valid. They're all valid. And really, I mean, feeling them is the way that we're going to be able to move through them for sure.
0: And well, I was going to say the best, you know, we're in it with our kids, but the best movie that teaches this is Inside Out. It's like all time favorite. I don't know if Kingston has seen it yet. But for anybody who hasn't even seen that movie, I think it's great. Even if you don't have kids or your kids are older, it's so great because it teaches us oh, yeah, joy cannot live without sadness. It's a story about feelings. Pixar did an amazing job. The storytelling is on point. I highly, highly recommend it. It teaches emotional intelligence like to a T, super basic. But both of those feelings, the normality and the duality of all of the opposing feelings, has a place. And that's really one of my takeaways for this book is to help normalize the suck, to help normalize even talking about the suck and
1: being vulnerable when shit's not going well. We should all have a place where we get to land, where we have people in our life or in our own self that we can journal it out. we can work it out where we're really expressed being in it and really owning that we're in it so that we get to see what's possible. And like you said, you're right. Everybody's different in terms of how long that that process is going to take. And it's most important that we honor that more than anything. I know, I think we've all grown up with family members, adults in our lives. I know where a lot of us are adults already, (laughs) where we've grown up with a lot of passive aggression, right? The martyr, the passive aggressive mom or aunt or whomever it is. Because that's what was taught. And there wasn't a lot of tools even a generation ago.
0: No, who had the tools? Who had the tools? I mean, if you had the tools, oh my gosh, amazing. But we get to reparent ourselves now. I mean, that's really what this book is it's reparenting ourselves. And even if you have kids that are grown, I mean, it's not too late, right? We're all consistently rediscovering who we are at every single decade. It's been amazing. I just turned 40 this year and I'm like, Okay, that sucked. Now what? Like, I feel like I'm the most vivacious and lively. And it just comes with that full ownership. And my word for this decade, or at least this year starting, is being unapologetic, mm-hmm. being unapologetic and feels and in, in standing up for some of the things. You know, obviously, I get so passionate about this topic because it's growing up that was not the case, it was not the norm. And then we go on, and and I don't know about you, but I feel like now with our littles, with our little generation that we have with our kids, what are we actually passing on to them? And so that has been the biggest impetus of like, oh, the legacy. Yeah. I don't want to parent him how I was parented. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. I could totally yell and scream right now because I, you know, it's like you feel it. You're like, oh, okay. I'm leaning into that. I'm getting triggered right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Anytime that (laughs) moment happens, because, my toddler is just being, he's just being a toddler. He's just doing his very best in trying to figure out the world. And man, there are things that really just upset him. You know what I'm saying? Like he And I know that it's got to feel so uncomfortable to have feelings and not have a way of processing those, except that they just, just they're just coming out of nowhere. They're just firing everywhere, right? Just full on. And I have so much love and compassion for those moments. And anytime I, if ever feel like something's bubbling up inside of me, I always say, check yourself before you wreck yourself. That's kind of what comes into my head because what is it about me and my stuff that is bringing that up? He's just doing him that he's not trying to upset me or frustrate me or anything. He is just doing the best he can in the moment that he's in with his little emotions. And I know he doesn't want to be in that place. And so I always have to check myself of like, okay, what is this bringing up? What may have happened when I was younger? What was the, the languaging and the way that I was treated that is kind of firing something in me? And I always have this, like I go into this inquiry. I, in that moment, I take a breath. I step back for a second. I get my stuff together. Mm-hmm. And then I mom back up and really hold the container for my son because that is what he needs. He needs to be, feel like he is not being dismissed. He is getting to feel all the feels. And I love him unconditionally, no matter what he's doing, no matter what he's going through, and that I am holding the container for his little feelings to burst out like little fireworks out of his body. And that's where I stand on it. And like, again, if anything else pops up for me, I'm just like, okay, you need to go back and revisit that. Whatever that is, like, you got to go back and revisit that because that isn't on him. That's on you.
0: And it's so true and it's it's hard. Oh yeah, it's it is hard so hard. To do, it's hard AF. It's easy. It's easy to lean into the patterns that we grew up with. So easy because yeah, if we lead with fear, that's what they're going to pick up, right? It's harder to have that space for the compassion because nobody wants to really hear a crying kid or a whining teenager or, you know, a whining spouse, a whining partner yet can we actually ask a different question? Can we ask? You know, I have this accompanying workbook with the actual book for That Suck Now What. This is a 40-page
1: workbook. Oh, my gosh. Let's do the book first. Okay. I, okay. Right. Because it's one thing to have a book, right? And then it's another thing to do the work, the work that we got to do.
0: So here's the thing, because you mentioned like doing the work and it's literally 40 pages of this digital workbook. I've actually printed it out for all of you to see. When you copy of That Suck Now What, it actually comes automatically free, this digital accompanying workbook, where we talk about like where did some of those patterns come up? Where did you feel that you maybe weren't appreciated, supported, met, heard, understood growing up? And there are different prompts Literally, it's like doing an entire retreat, but self-healing journey for you to actually reconcile and to integrate some of these sometimes tough emotions that come up when your spouse is doing something for the 50th time and you're like, I told you this. And then you know you have no space or you have no compassion for that person anymore, even though they've been your spouse for X amount of years. But then we get to rewire the pattern. We get to see, like you said... Where is it showing up in me? Why am I? Why is that still coming up? What part of my younger self, my little self, a different version of myself is not yet healed that I need to go back to? Who is that person that needs a little bit of love or compassion at this stage? Right. And we literally go through all questions like that. We have a part two is the bounce factor, but part three is the fly forward piece where we start to then. Are able to write new patterns for ourselves, write new ways we're going to challenge ourselves. And so that we're on it when we do get triggered again, we're not going to go nearly back into a fall like we typically would. We'll say, oh, that's me doing that thing again because I get it. That part of my younger self is coming up and that needs compassion. So we are building radical self awareness. And that radical self awareness is that muscle. It's that muscle to say, okay, I know where this is going to go. I'm not going to go there. I know how I typically would react here, right? If a friend would ghost me or if somebody committed to something and they were going to be punctual, but then they showed up 10 or 15 minutes later and then they canceled last minute. Okay. I know how typical me would react or what that would cause. Now I'm going to act differently because I know better. So we're just choosing different ways to react to things kind of like, you having a, a two-year-old toddler, that, yeah, it's all of the mix. But we can say, all right, what's my anchor? What's my ritual? And I love the anchor that you just shared, your mantra. For me, it's that sucked, now what? That sucked, now what? And there's a whole process that I actually take you through in here as
1: well. Mm, so powerful. Because I think at the end of the day, what you're really speaking to is that we build resilience. The more hard things, and then you said, the more things that we do that make us uncomfortable, we build that resilience. So then when the next unexpected situation happens or whatever that may be, as you've named a couple just now. And those are like things that come up all the time for people. A friend is late, you know, a coworker that doesn't handle their business, whatever that may be. And you've got a new set of skills. You've got a new way. And so when the next that suck moment comes, you have tools to navigate that much easier, maybe not hit as hard, not to say that you don't get that time to process and grieve it and work through it. But I'd like to believe that when we start to adopt more of these skills and they become who we are, that all of a sudden those sucky moments are a lot easier to navigate over time. Because the one thing is for sure that I know, girl, sucky moments are going to happen. They're just going to keep happening. Like whether, you know... And it's how it's always, it's the only thing we can control is how we respond to them. It's how we react and how we
0: respond. And this book is chock full of so many ways. We have the now what piece, which is like, okay, let's take action. Let's, and I've got a few chapters devoted to all right, how you can take action, and what are some of
1: the ways that you can take action? I just want to spend a whole episode on the taking action piece because that's my favorite piece, girl. It's my favorite.
0: Piece. <laughs> you're like, what can I do? Well, I actually even created these affirmation cards. There's 52 cards in this deck, and literally, it's one day in a year or in a week you can do for one a week for for your affirmations after sucky moments. So there's on the one side of the card, it's the affirmation of the suck of what you experienced. And then the backside of the card is, okay, what's the action? What am I going to do now? How am I going to respond? How am I going to take care of myself? And they're practical, they're easy, but they're just little nuggets that sometimes we just need to nourish ourselves and that we can do for ourselves on a weekly basis.
1: I love it. You've given us all the tools. We've got the book that is literally the full on the plan, the four-step process, everything. Then we've got a workbook to actually start to literally translate into our own lives, our own circumstances, and our own healing of patterns. And then you've got these beautiful affirmation cards that we can utilize because I don't want to freak people out when I was like, it's the work. It's right. We're always doing this work. But It's the most important work that we need to be doing because that translates to our families. It translates in our lives. It translates to who we become. And so having these tools, I mean, these are must have tools. And I know that you've organized them and streamlined them in a way that it just makes them so easy for all this not being easy stuff. Obviously that that sucked. No one ever is like, oh, that sounds like an easy process. You make it as easy as one to make it, to make it easier and to get through it with a lot more grace and ease.
0: Yes. I mean, that's the beauty of it. And sometimes it's not easy and that's okay, but can we actually choose grace? Grace to actually experience the suck and ease when we're actually going through those those difficult moments because both of those feelings can coexist at the same time.
1: Yes. And the book is out today. It's out today. All the goodies, all the bonuses, all of it's available. I'm going to have links to literally the website, that sucks now It's going to be in the show notes. I'm also going to have the link directly to Amazon. I'm just going to send them to Amazon, girl. So that you don't even, you can just go straight there, but you do want to get those bonuses. So make sure to go to the website as well. Claim your bonuses, claim all your epic goodies. And I want to say, Nita, honey, I am so proud of you. Congratulations on this masterpiece. I know you've already transformed tens of thousands of lives, but oh my gosh. This book is going to have legs. People are going to be recommending it. I'm buying multiple copies. I I cannot wait for you to get this into your hands because we all need this, especially as women. We are the guardians of our family. We're the guardians of the relationships. We're the ones who create these deep connections. And the more that we have tools to navigate those moments, again, we are the ones leaving legacy for our family. And so I think if there's anyone to do the work, it is definitely us and thank you so much for paving the way for us to do it.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Queen, you are the master at all of this and it's just been an honor to sit with you.
1: Thank you. What was most striking to me talking with Dr. Anita today was the reframe of sucking moments in our life, right? How often have you wanted to move through a really soul-sucking experience but didn't feel like you had the tools, the framework or the mindset to do so? I cannot tell you how many times I have felt stuck and unable to move, like literally stuck in quicksand because I didn't know what to do next. Well, not anymore. Nita in her brilliance and in her expertise in emotional grit has mapped all of it out for us in a way that you can navigate from that stuck place to move through with grace and intention. Now, if you are feeling called to take that leap today, if you're feeling called to like move through your sucky stuff right now, I will have the link to go and grab her book right now to claim all the sexy bonuses that come with it. What I just love about how she curated the bonuses around this book was to really give you everything that you needed to move through that stuck relationship, that job you don't want, that scary leap into entrepreneurship, whatever it may be that you are trying to get to the other side on. That's what this book is all about. So please go and grab a copy of it. That ThatSuckedNowWhat.com is where to go. I'm going to have the link in the show notes. You can also go get it at Amazon or wherever you love. It's where all books are sold right now. And it is potentially going to hit a bestsellers list because again, so many people need this message. They need this framework right now. So I really want if there's someone in your life, if there's a friend or a family member that you think would really benefit from it, get it for them. I've bought over five copies so far because there's so many besties in my life that just who really know how to navigate some of this. But man, there's just so many great nuggets and tools and things to pull from. Even if you're a master at navigating the sucky moments, there's still so much. I'm telling you, the juice is worth the squeeze when it comes to this book. It is absolutely a game changer. I'm so excited. I'm literally sending out my gifted copies to friends right now. Once I get them, I've pre-ordered them. So once they arrive, they're going to be arriving at, I literally pre-ordered them to all of the addresses of my friends. So they should be arriving to everyone next week. And I totally think that's a great idea for you too. Maybe there's just one bestie that you want to send this book to. So again, you can go and grab it at that I will have the link in the show notes to go and check it out and to also go and claim all those sexy bonuses. Again, thank you so much today for coming on to the show. This show is all about providing tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. If you learned something, you're feeling good about it, please feel free to subscribe to the show and even leave a little little review. That way we can get more women just listening to these incredible interviews and getting the knowledge that they need to become the CEO of their health. Till the next episode, have an amazing day.